0: section five of through broadland in a Braden punt by john nolittle a pseudonym of the writer and naturalist arthur henry patterson this librivox recording is in the public domain chapters nine and ten chapter nine crusoe's man friday the air was so elastic and crystalline that it had the same effect on the landscape that a glass has on a picture, to give it an ideal remoteness and perfection by thoreau the moment of writing this heading on saturday finds me in the comfortable houseboat of c f Caradus, who seems to me to be even though he fails to know it himself our broadland Louis Stevenson. I can imagine the great Treasure Islander, an intenser prototype of this gentleman. He has not the cheek and vigour of yours truly, but there is more of the spirit of the waters in him than most suspect. I had threatened to be bunked in early, but in that snug Noah's Ark of his we sat we sprawled yarning till the warning finger pointed to one and we were wiping off the arrears of converse at six this morning i had slept well but awoke with a bump i had fallen off his unusual settles upon the floor upsetting the peacefulness and tell it not abroad smashing a water tumbler and no other had I been MacGregor and my punt the famous Rob Roy passing through a French village or paddling up a Norway fiord, I could not have found a warmer welcome, receiving a hearty handshake at every furlong of Horning's long waterfront from some even who only knew me in my pen name. But to my logging the which i will try to give almost as noted in a pocket-book pencilled haphazardly en route i scarcely need refer to the old market gardens bordered by those blighted hawthorns and decaying elms for fear of waxing eloquent but therein i learnt much about bird migration in my youth watching for grey-headed wagtails field fairs red starts, woodcocks and others in their season but fortunately these things i remembered lucidly when writing the introduction to nature in eastern norfolk i now find myself at fishley mill on a hard bottom trying for a perch with this autumn's usual non-success so before the wind played false, we upsail and made upstream. A wherry with a magnificent English looking nabob at the stern, as brown as an Egyptian feller, passed by. A fine clean man is a joy to look upon. Hans a houseboat with broad flat stem ploughing by with as little commotion as a land plough. Houseboats propelled by their own motive power are a fast appearing feature. The instincts of the wandering Ishmael are in the blood of the water folk. Left Fishley at about one o'clock when an argosy of beautiful yachts had gone by, among them a motorboat with as little freeboard as the first HMS Glatton turret ship. Making a great fuss. Friday wants to bask among the coconuts and sugar canes. I am no hard taskmaster today. Short Cape Banquet en route, it is my delicacy on the waters. Hung out to dry a freshly washed shirt and socks upon an oar. It has been washing day. Friday is not a cannibal, only over the cakes cannibals i think eat grubs and my man tells me he lately captured several emperor caterpillars on meadowsweet in spite of being assured they could not be found there evidently the caribbeans have a literature and culture of their own and ride hobbies but crusoe does not tell us so and probably they devoured grubs and larvae if it be true that arabs eat locusts what fine creations are these passing yachts in comparison with the mackerel taildons of my youth friday went progging at one fifteen on the premises of a pump mill returning laden with eggs and cow's milk the rarefaction of the heated air is pulling in a cooler breeze from the sea the mill vane commenced revolving and the mill's interior organs started groaning and as i sat there i saw the lower mill sail slowly disappear round the tower backing easterly and so we set sail and went on rejoicing in a freshening slant of wind obi mill what a delightful subject for a sketch a huddle of tower, arch, reeds, decaying boatshed, ivy, willows. When, as if to let us admire it, the wind hushed kindly, but catching us with a fresh impulse as we cleared it. Friday has points. Not given to much linguistic display, he sits soberly rowing or sheet-holding, drinking in, browsing on, chewing the cud of this beautiful health-giving country imbibing the romance of it almost unconsciously but thoroughly making my argument good that the still sow eats the most drains the last word really begins with a g hello mr y Braden gunner in the snowy duck days i'm glad to see you what are you up to on the Rond? cutting those bulrushes scurpus lacustris for horses collar stuffing and the buoyant power for life bouts i am said this keen but reticent and typical broadman this outwitter of the widgeon and mallard upon the mudflats please note the poker is not the bulrush But the reed mace. Goodbye, you solitary bird. The wife is awaiting you in the houseboat, nursing your dinner. Passes us a great iron box like houseboat, luxurious as a palace, ponderous and self assertive as a rogue African tusker. A facetious fellow, rowing a boat with a marsh rail, shouts out a woodbine for that old sail. i told him to keep his tree trunk quant eel sets drying on the banks eel men's huts snugging in reedy bites eel nets below the surface now become important river assets dotted about at intervals i am note quoting At five, we landed on a stony gap near St. Bennett's Abbey, and threw out on the close-cropped grass, LG, and sticks to feed him, landed crockery, saucepan for tea brewing, and bacon. The aroma of our cooking must have tickled the olfactories of a stern-looking gentleman on the yacht adjacent to us. He was looking at the Abbey ruins. The aroma arose delightfully for us. What sacrilege quoth the gentleman. I presume you mean the abbey and the tower, said I, turning the bacon with my fork. I do, said he, and I saw that I had saved my bacon. What an interest passing folk seem to take in our backwoodsman shippery all we left on the bank were a few white ashes to mingle themselves with those of long dead friars i find with them only the rind of my own rashes why friday must have deteriorated for at caribbean banquets they eat the epidermis as well as the joints of man had a long slow race for miles with the blue combed pleasure wherry winning by two boats lengths at the finish every little ripple and brevel on the surface had been taken advantage of what a delightful bit of mathematics it is to be sure judging paces lengths of tacks and boards of passing craft we meet it becomes a small obsession but is useful ranworth church has a fine screen so says every guidebook i don't deny it but my vandalism aspires more to a fine screen at tea-time and an owl's ejected pellet would draw me farther than a rude screen indeed i frankly admit i am but a heathen we crawl up the bure slowly a fair bit of loafing country the flies were our only real excitement and i firmly believe they cause more spoken sins to be repented of and forgiven than any one cause in broadland except mosquitoes those latter says benedon in animal parasites reward us with base ingratitude in return for the charity they receive from us or in words meaning that they draw these gifts from us with a proboscis on the same system as the excise man draws bonded wine with his valinch. as i write they keep pestering me with their high-pitched treble and dancing bother these culcide and chironomidae including of course anopheles what if these be but gnats mosquitoes and midges but you see to make up for a creature's minuteness zoologists have to shore up its claims to being in their systems of nomenclature with some outlandish struts and proppings see and these bite and sting none the worse for the honors just above horning everything beautiful is doubled in the crystal flood by its reflections in the depths cunning anglers you can tell them dotted about in neat horning angler boats doing not badly oppian says of angling the nicest judgment can't discern aright if eddies suck or fishers bite oppian wrote centuries ago and the habits of men and fishes remain much the same banks bright with loose strife, hemp agrimony and sweet i fancy poor frank southgate painted the illustration of marsh flowers in dutt's norfolk broads at this spot so quiet the hour that the pleasure werrymen are quanting says huck finn all on a sudden i bounded right on to the ashes of a campfire, my heart jumped up amongst my lungs i never waited to look further if i trod on a stick and broke it it made me feel like a person had cut one of my breaths in two and i only got half and the short half too so fell friday and i upon the ashes of a camper's fire in a cosy corner near salus broad we found a few sticks but no bones or signs of cannibal merely the ashes and a few broken twigs which we gave unto lloyd george our stove to devour which he did seeming glad of them here we loafed for two welcome but frugal meals in which glorious boiled onions figured largely and other things simple but savoury it must have been walter rye's sleek fatima in gaudy attire well filled at that who went by see his month on the broads having taken things most easily for two or three hours and booked up my log to date at six p m friday and i packed up our traps and slowly almost indolently made for roxham the beautiful the select the fashionable, the mecca of all good Broadland pilgrims. As at whitsuntide, I slyly eyed all and everything and sundry, thinking thoughts to myself. My humble equipage caused some to smile, some to champ over the name of Yarwhelp, wondering, as it were, a stone in a pastry or a more than usually aged railway sandwich, or a shock to the proprieties. Some who had discovered this living stone said things a little complimentary, others not so. My keen ears overheard them, for the water is telephonic. Fair damsels reclined on easy chairs ashore, or on easier divans afloat some were venuses some were below standard there were adonises in flannels galore enough to go round all appeared to be happy all tried to be idle and seemed so and small blame to them for taking life easy let's get beyond the bridge friday to the wilder banks yes massa and so saying friday pushed on vigorously to a berth that suited crusoe's fancy chapter ten our riverside camp as we thus dipped our way along between fresh masses of foliage the surface was so calm and both air and water so transparent that the flight of a kingfisher or robin over the river was as distinctly reflected in the water as in the air above we were uncertain whether the water floated the land or the land held the water in its bosom by thoreau beautiful are these words of the recluse and no more graphically could he have expressed himself had the waters he described at concord been those of the upper where on a calm sweet day one may study the wherries yachts and marsh flowers as it were topsy-turvy dickens more abruptly described the flat aspects around yarmouth in david copperfield which he aptly thought had a sort of toast and watery appearance let every man speak of things as they seem to him i in my crude fashion also utter my impressions as my eye interprets them to my heart and understanding it is early sunday morning the magic of the broadland mist is over the river and the lowlands it must be seen however to be fully appreciated it is so difficult to describe five a m found me astir i am sometimes paddling on the waveney two hours earlier than that cox the eel man is already moving around to see to his eel sets i heard him singing last night as i turned in he had started watch to make sure that no heedless keel cut through his machinery and was careful also to clear the gear of floating weeds ere by a system of ropes and haulings he could lower it his companions were the voles in the bankside the mosquitoes which found him invulnerable the mallard that whizzed above his head and the fishes that ringed the surface of the river as they rose to floating insects Friday and I joined friend Cox in his low sided scow, and together we saw the eelman haul his eel pods. The catch was disappointing, like our own, for our night lines came up empty, the bacon baits untouched. Eels prefer young roach, but the young roach are as wary as their elders my share of the eel pod's catch was a small ruff and the tiniest perch i've lately handled no larger than a stickleback cox is a fine personality comfortable looking in his semi-dutch habiliments easy-mannered pleasant voiced and affable with it ready to yarn as ready to listen we soon got chummy for he already knew me in the papers. His boots are a study in themselves alone. Had I been an impressionable young minx, instead of a bearded ogre, I should have fallen in love with the old chap, two years my junior. Indeed, in short, I liked the man. He is my nature brother, my fellow broadlander, did I live hard by him? I would change into a pump and draw on the well of his nature law and his reminiscences. And now for my Sunday's impressions and doings. At eight, we were sitting on a half-dry weed heap on the bank, preparing breakfast. Lg waxing eloquent under the fry pan with its cargo of roxham sausages. And we loudly applauded his powers of expression. What a stove he is! It was last evening that I went a-shopping for the said sausages and margarine, which is an emperor in my opinion to plebeian dairy butter. I found the shop windows as full of tin dainties as at Whitson, but there was a lessening quantity on the counters the yachtsfolk thronged these shops as at others where they catered for the cotter's saturday night my apologies to wilkie i am no gourmet you know i eat only to live a sort of low-down necessity neither does bacchus cajole me nor midas earn my adoration unduly but our breakfast was the nicer for the cafe au lait that washed it down i wanted a tin of syrup but all the tin syrup had been sold i offered my brown hat as a basin to carry home some loose treacle but it didn't wash the shop lady only treated me humorously about it and was all courtesy which pays in shopkeeping as in other lanes of life roxham church bell is ringing for service it has an aristocratic tone something they say like the worshippers but i can't swear to it this morning the roach have been rising making rings like this oh o oh 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 oh, oh but they won't bite on the ground at baits. They prefer insects that they provide themselves with. Let me take you back a few hours, for this is a gossipy morning. Pushing through the railway bridge, we moored an apple-shot distance away from George Cox's eel hut, the owner smilingly welcoming J.K. and Man Friday under the full moon we found a flattish weed-heap and got the fire going then we squatted around it like prairie men the glow of the flames that escaped from under the saucepan my kettle corralled our faces weirdly setting them off against the dark backgrounding the bacon was soon fizzling and the tea-jug filled to the brim sitting there on a chunk of wood friday on a waterproof we had gone back to the wild again it wanted but the wail of the coyote the screech of an eagle owl and the scuttling by of a raccoon to have transported us to prairie land or a startled emu or a wallaby stumbling upon us to have found us in the bush and this only a short rifle shot from the gay crowd adown the river but we were in bonny broadland still for the roach was slapping the waters a big aryan slug was crawling on the smelly weed heap and earwigs seemed unduly inquisitive whilst jumbo the eelman's more than semi-amphibious cat was walking around with her tail cocked high in the air it was a sort of dutch exterior if such things be alas robinson crusoe this noontime parted with his young man friday the arrows of the savages slew the carib the train hustled away with my young friend and as you know crusoe after a loyal eulogy upon his faithful servant never spake of him more so my young white skinned friday passes out of this narrative bother barbed wire i got stuck on top of the fence somewhat rudely and in clearing it tore a hole just where it was unnecessary and conspicuous so i sat me down and darned it crudely i admit having done it as it were cord in a sacking sighing for a brace of hairpins the panacea for all women's ills and bless my stars that i was not born to be a tailor such happenings are common to all yachting folk who should be prepared to meet and remedy them as i am i came very lazily and leisurely downstream finding the rocksome reaches curiously cleared of vessels. I suspect they were assailing. A piano going on a very smart craft, the player evidently oblivious to its weariness. Why are all floating pianos out of tune? Is it from the prevailing feeling of lassitude? As my ear tingled, I thought of all the in- I.M. ill I.S. I could prefix to the word music. Roxham Broad. Back gate, of course. My bantam wanted to turn in, being the fashion, and get among the peacocks, turning out again by the gateway on her metal before the wind. My ears open for compliments. Wherever you go, remarked a gentleman, you see that old craft meaning mine wherever does he stow his food it was no question put to me but i turned and encircled my hand around my waistcoat roxham is a model yacht pond you seem to get about no matter how the wind lay wind very fractious and pans piping mostly among the treetops and with some energy the dams to the closed-in broads look unseemly and provoke a regret but it is a case of sour grapes for one comforts oneself with the fact that most of them are really out of the beaten track and probably weed choked jogging along i dropped in at southgate's boat works at horning lit a fire at a corner outside and got dinner under way three intelligent lads came up interested and chatted also wished to be waiters at horning ferry the yachts and my punt were held up for a short time owing to a kink somewhere in the machinery we were a goodly crowd recalling to mind the scene of a hold-up on yarmouth bridge only men and boats were reversed sailed into ranworth broad my impressions it is pretty even picturesque shallow smelly in parts like a curate's egg a happy home of myriad mosquitoes in sluggish water corners in polky places the oozes seem fathomless is this story true say stranger asked an american if a man set foot in this year ooze when would he touch bottom well bore answered the yokel now you've axed me soften but as far as my memory serves me You'll find out in about two or three weeks, but I ain't quite sartin'. End of section 5